You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with my friend Abra. New York is a funny place. It's a place where you can feel your highest highs and your lowest lows. And one of my favorite things about this place is how you'll grow to admire someone and inadvertently that person becomes your friend. That's what happened with Ibru and I. Over the last, I don't even know how long, but over the last few years, Ibru has been a constant inspiration today and a reminder of how vital it is to stay true to yourself and your art. She's the type of creative who reminds me that art isn't a dirty word, that art isn't a pretentious word, and that art isn't even a pretty word. That art can be the thing that you embody and it can embody you as well. What does that even mean? Well, just go look at her photographs and I promise you, you'll get what I mean. I've been looking forward to sharing this talk with you for with quite some time. And yeah, let's just jump right into it. This is the 405 Exchange of my friend Abra. Enjoy. a little bit before and this isn't bullshit but when we started doing these talks there was like a bit of a list in my head of people I knew I definitely wanted to talk to and you were one of the first people on there. It took like several months but we're finally sat here doing it. How many other people you said this to? <laughs> a good amount but let's not get into that. That's not a good amount. There was, there was about 30 people on that list. There's like 30 oh, people out of my Thank you. I'm happy You're to part be. of the initial dream 30. I'm happy to be interviewed by you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we're sat in uh, Brooklyn Grain, your studio space in Brooklyn. Um, I've been here, this is probably the third time I've been here, I think. And there's something I've always wanted to ask you that I've never had the chance to ask you, but I would imagine having a space like this would just automatically make you feel inspired to create. Is it like that for you? No. <laughs> no, not at all. No, not entirely. I mean, it is like, you know, when we got the studio space, I was always thinking, oh my God, this is going to be great. Like, I can try so many different light setups and, you know, like, I can do this, I can do that. Like, I could, like, set up a scene and leave it there and take photos of different people, whatever. Like, you know, you have all these, like, ideas that you think you would do. Yeah. Then you end up not having time to do anything. And I still use the same type of lighting that <laughs> I used before I had the studio. But it is like, you know, it definitely comes in handy. Let's yeah. put it that way. It's funny how life works out like that. Do you remember what it was like, like that first week leading up to coming here for the first time? Like getting, like having the keys? Well, the thing is like before this, we had an other studio space uh, on the other side of Greenpoint. So that one was like more monumental than this one. This one was just like stressful, just because, can we really do this? Can we really do this? Like lots of question marks. The other one was like, there wasn't lots of question marks. It was only question marks, just because like we had no idea how to, you know, do anything. So that was more important, I feel like. Did I answer your question? You kind of did though. No, but what I love so much about that, and this kind of like goes into like what I love so much about you, because like, like it's been like, I think four to five years of us knowing each other. And like, for some people listening who might be familiar with your work, they probably know like how good you are at portraits and like you kill it doing portrait work. But I specifically remember when, I mean, you've always done portraits, but I remember when you very consciously decided to focus on portraits more. Like, it was around a little bit after we met. 
And I think what was really interesting about that is that you wanted to do it in portraits, and it was like, yeah, I'm going to do this now. But you really ran with it. Like, you take, like, earlier today, you posted a shot of uh, Nick Hakim, right? On Instagram. And, like, the intimacy in that is so fucking cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. where was that taken? Like, it was at his place. Um, we did a full day of shooting for his uh, new press photos for the for his new album which is out right now so we were like in, in and out of his apartment around his neighborhood and yeah. we went to a bunch of different places so that was a fun day i mean it is like you know if you spend little time though that was actually kind of the beginning of the shoot the shot that you're talking about really uh yeah like that was we started at his place that was the morning like an hour into it or something as we were leaving to do outside shots that was uh that's the shot from that time but yeah like i mean starting to make portraits is like a conscious decision i made really yeah. because i was um I, I mean before i was doing portraits too but not as much as now mm-hmm. And it is because I think I felt like so shy to go up to people to do portraits. Like I felt so conscious and I'm like, what would I talk to these people about? I, I mean, like I'm normally a talkative person, but it is just like in your head, like, okay, I'm about to spend like this many hours with this person. And what is it that I'm going to talk to them? What's going to happen? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It is also like it is very intimate. Like just to be in a room with one person or at their place or wherever, it is like a challenging experience. But I decided I'm like okay, I'm just gonna do my best, try to do yeah. it. When I started doing portraits, I had a bit of a similar approach in like running head first to it because like I don't know when it was for me when I started doing it more. But I remember just feeling very self conscious about it, and I still kind of do because it's like it's like you're saying it's so intimate. You find yourself thinking, you're so aware of what you're doing. But believe it or not, I swear I'm not just saying this, but like when I started doing portraits, wanting to do it more, I would look at your work all the time. Aww. And I still do. No, but it's true, because you're like a fucking photo superhero. And I think, like, you know what you do with your portraits that I think is very important? I know you think things through, but there's a level of like accepting the moment that your photos have. Where like when I see your photos, I could tell it's a very genuine, real moment caught in time. And when I approach portraits myself, I always think to myself that I can overthink this, but I don't want to, because then I almost feel like the moment's going to be lost. Yeah. So I try to approach it with like getting the moment as succinct as I can. And I feel you do that. Like, do you think that's fair? Does yeah. Well, yeah. So this is like how I overcame my fear of like you know doing portraits with people. I'm like I research the person, then I plan out the shoot. Like I'm I'm like okay I'm gonna do this and like I look at lots of photos of the person that I'm about to photograph so that to understand what they have done which way they look better, this and like, you know, pay attention to those. So like, I try to be as prepared as possible for each shoot. And that makes my head at ease when I go into the shoot. So I have like few ideas that I know I'm going to try out. But what you're saying is like, once the shoot starts, like every idea you have just goes out the door. Like, you know, nothing, it is not that they don't work, but like the photos that you like, tend to be the photos, I mean, at least like for me, the photos I tend to like are the photos that I haven't planned or they're kind of like in between moments because they're like 
more natural than some of the other like posed ones and I also you know I always tell people I'm like yeah now like it feels like we're doing the same photo over and over but like out of this 15 photos it's just gonna be one of them that works even the framing is exactly the same like yeah. it's just like it's just like an expression in a person's face or the, the lights that's hitting the person at that particular time and all that like you know it's everything comes together in a yeah. weird unexpected way it kind of reminds you of the human element of it yeah like those little moments yeah I, I mean that's like the that's the that's the perfect thing about it it is you know I, I say like I prep a lot but it is just like for me to set my mind at ease yeah. I mean like we did uh, the video shoot that you were invited to yes. like I did such intense amount of like preparing for that video shoot that you wouldn't believe but at the end like if I didn't do that like I would have been in a panic mode like what if this is not gonna work or that work? so it's just like just to really you know relax my mind yeah you know what there's some people who are definitely listening who don't know you at all and what I love about that is that we could always jump into the stories of people and you have a really cool fucking story so like in regards to like you know like like tell people like where you're originally from and like how you came here. Oh, it's a, it's a pretty wicked story, though. Well, I I hope everyone else finds as wicked as you do. Oh, if they don't fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I moved here from Turkey, and like right after college, and I had no intention of taking photos or anything like that, just because I didn't know that was an option in a way. Yeah. Like in Turkey, the way people looks at. Um, any kind of like art form well just to be fair <laughs> just to be fair it may be completely different now but yeah. when i was growing up in turkey that's like you don't get to be a photographer you like you have to be like a business manager or a lawyer or a doctor and it is like you know it's part of like uh, being from a developing country and yeah. you don't even you don't even think about like anything else just because like it's kind of like you get like programmed into that and you just like pick that as a profession because that's the thing to do so like up until i moved to new york like i never thought about you know anything art related so but but i was always obsessed with music i always saw like live music in turkey even though most of the bands sucked or they only played cover bands or like you know there weren't as much original music uh, coming out of turkey at that time now it is a different story but so when i came back uh, when i moved here like i started going to the shows and then like i can't stop going to the shows because i love live music so much but then you know after a while you lose friends along the way just because <laughs> not everyone can handle going out seven nights a week yeah so then i'm like well you know what can i do so that i won't look like a weird person <laughs> and what can i do so that like it would be okay for me to be in front of the stage without looking like a weirdo so I figured out like, hey, I'm taking this printing class and my photos suck. So let me try to take photos at the show. So that's how I ended up taking photos. I mean, like in between there, are like all these stories of me going to school for 10 million other things. Like I came here for to study advertising and marketing. And then I started working at an advertising agency and I realized I like the creative side. 
So then I went back to the school again to do uh, to study graphic design, communication design. So I did that, and now like I'm doing the only thing I don't have an education for, so, which is <laughs> funny, but it's life. Yeah, I can. I mean, it's funny. I love how we come from like different backgrounds, but I can relate to that because like. You know, like when you were saying all that just now, and I've never heard you say this before, but like when you were talking about seeing bands in Turkey, like I saw a lot of local bands in uh, Westchester, Rockland County, just over the water in New York. And I remember, I've never heard you say this, but it's really funny about how those bands, some of most of those bands sucked or were cover bands and stuff yeah. like that. And it was like that for me. But it, I imagine you felt a similar thing I did, even though we had like different lives. It's just like, you get so enthralled by just the environment. Like yeah. the area of guitars and amplifiers and yeah. people yelling. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, and also like it is just so interesting that like it like it makes you feel things. Like and it is weird that people can do it with like I don't know. Like I mean you get like sad, you get happy, you get excited, you get like angry, whatever, like you know, music like tends to like at least me in my case, like it makes me feel so much and I like that. Yeah. I like, you know, getting heightened sense of whatever emotions I'm having and it is like, that's how I felt at the shows. Like, it's just like, you know, your heart beating faster or something. I don't know, it's just, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. And I feel there's something similar with that with photography because I found myself getting into photography when I was in college and it was very similar. I never thought it could be a career or anything like that. And I think what consistently surprised me about photography even to this day is that there's things about it that could be frustrating from like a job or career perspective but what's beautiful is that photography lets you connect with people which I yeah. never knew was possible yeah absolutely it is like you know sometimes uh, like I was I, I made photos of Bill Paris recently from Brooklyn Vegan like yeah. he's one of the editors there yeah he's a and good dude he might be listening hello Bill for listening <laughs> <laughs> he's like the, he's the nicest guy ever well you know we were just talking I was taking his photos I'm like well you have to put aside like two hours and like he came here like you know we were having drinks and talking and taking photos and I, w I, I told him so as he was doing, oh, like, you know, I didn't expect it to take this long. And I'm like, well, I don't see it as like photo shoot. This is like, you know, my opportunity to hang out with you because when would I, when would we ever get to hang out? I'm like, not, I'm not even kidding you. That's quite literally like, so when we started doing these talks, it was like back in May and it was really as something to just try. But as I've talked to different, because a lot of the, some of the musicians we've had on, they're friends of mine. And a good reason I love doing this because it's an excuse to hang out. That's yeah. the only reason I'm here. Hang yeah, out. that's like that's. You get to catch up yeah. with people. That's exactly how I feel. Otherwise, like you know, you get to see people in like crowded places. You just say hey and bye, and yeah. you don't catch up. Like you don't. Like I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, you do get sense of a personality from them, like the t from the times you see them, or like <laughs> from their social presence or whatever. Yeah. But it is like it's just. It's so nice to hang out. Yeah, to just in like person. be humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like in real life instead of like no like I mean it is like so freaky like on social media like you know like so many intimate details of people's lives but you just don't see them ever and yeah. then and, and at you, the same time you don't know anything at all because yeah, people yeah. always are thinking of what they're putting out there. Yeah, but yeah, totally. But also at the same time like it's weird to run into someone saying hey how is your mom she was sick right like just because you yeah. know from like instagram or facebook or whatever that you know i don't know it's weird i like hanging out in real 
in real life, yeah. This is good. Yeah. Tell me this, you know, I've never asked you this either. That it's good. This is one of my things that I like about doing this talk because I've known you for years and I get to ask you a bunch of stuff I've never asked you before. But like, tell me, like, when it came to moving to New York, like, was the experience of moving here and being here different than what you expected it to be? No, no, not at all. It is like... Really? It is... I The minute I moved here, like, I felt right at home. Like, literally, I never... I mean, like, I'm thinking how crazy and how fucked up is that, that <laughs> I would come here, like, knowing no one, like, at all. Yeah. Like, I don't even know one person. And, the in, like, it's just so funny to say this, especially to you, because you grew up with the internet, but the yeah. internet wasn't, like, the way it is right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the... I Like, I always say this, like... When I first moved here, my first apartment, I found it from Village Voice and not online, the print version of Village Voice. Like, you know, the old style, you look at listings and you mark them and yeah, yeah, like yeah. call them from a payphone or whatever. Like, you know, I found like, so thinking about like the time that I moved here, like it just is crazy. Like, I mean, I don't think I could have done it now, but you know, when you're younger, you're like more fearless. But I remember like, I'm like, this is cool. I just feel right at home. Like, it just was a good feeling. And I think, like, it is one of those things I've been, like, I, at that point, I was thinking and dreaming about it for so long that when I moved, it just, like, I was kind of prepared for it because in my head, like, I had it all together anyways. Wow. The only thing that took me time was, like, again, just because, like, there wasn't, like, the internet wasn't as intense as it is right now. Mm -hmm. That like finding where bands play, like it took me like literally three years to figure out where everything was happening. So really? yeah, I mean like the first I think I mean the first concert that I saw was at uh, was it Hammerstein? I wonder. But it was the Cure. I paid like hundred bucks for a ticket on the day of the show. Holy shit! Like I mean, and I didn't even know that they had like fake tickets. I was just being trust. I, I was just being. You got to the show, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible, but it was. I was in the there. show was terrible. Yeah, it was so bad. Wow. I think it was like they were like promoting. Well, were they promoting Kiss? Like the only album that I didn't like. It was just bad. Oh wow! Did you see? Have you seen them since though, the Redeemer? Right? No, I haven't. No, I, it's. You should. You should. I haven't seen. You them should since. see. Them. I remember they played. I think earlier this year. I think they did two shows. Some people were saying it's like the best shows ever done. You should see them. I'm again. sure. The I'm Redeemer. Sure because experience. I like, like you know, in uh, in Turkey, the Cure, the Patch Mode. Uh, uh oh, I'm drawing blank. Well, of course Nirvana, but I was gonna say, dear God, Anthony Keats. What's his? Oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers. <laughs> my my head went to like. It's okay, we're in Brooklyn. We could do that. It's fine. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So like all that type of music was super popular. So when I heard they were playing, I'm like, there's no way I can miss this. But well, anyway, so that was the first show. But like for like smaller bands, like I didn't know anywhere. Like I randomly found Bleecker Street, literally as I was walking around the street, like oh, wow. streets of New York, and I found Bleecker Street, and I'm like, oh, there's this one venue that seems like there's like live music coming 
from it. Like I heard it, so we walked in, but it was like cover bands. Oh shit! I'm like, that's okay. It's like they have a guitar and an amp. Like I that think, would work. That I think Brownies work. was background, right? Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. I never been to Brownies. That's like literally as I figured out where everything was happening. That's when it was closing down. I think. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. never saw that. But I was at. Lots of other places that closed and Tonic, Shine, uh, what is the other place? Uh, I can't remember. They were open for a split second. All Lower East Side, all the venues. Yeah. Tell me this because, because um, I I find this fascinating when you ask when you get to ask this of different creative people. It's like it's one thing to do something creative and to have a passion for it, but it's a different thing to have the desire to pursue it. Like, do you feel like when it came to pursuing photography as a career as something you want to do was it like a conscious thing as like this is what I'm going to be doing now or was it well no well I, I mean like it is like I think the desire part comes in like when you're working at a full time job and you're out seven nights a day taking photos of the band for no money like because it is like if you don't have the desire there's nothing on earth that could make you do that yeah like because it is absolutely exhausting I mean, I mean like uh, obviously when you're younger like you can get away with less hours of sleep but it is like it's still like too much and I think that's like the I think that's the desire part and I think that's some uh, like you know it is uh, like when you look around like you see like oh you know this person used to take photos but not anymore it's just because they just don't pursue it anymore it, like you know what I mean their yeah. desire kind of went away in a way so I think that's more like when you don't have any expectation if you're doing something for like day and night and spending your time and money on it. I think that's the desire. But like when it is not that I made a conscious decision saying like, oh, hey, I'm going to try to pursue this as a career. But it was more like, I mean, by the time like I had my well, let me first put it this way. I'm one of those people that follows like rules in a way that like, oh, you know, I don't have a work permit, so I'm not gonna do like, try to sneak around and try to get extra work. So that's why like when I was taking photos, like for 10 years, like I didn't approach to any magazines or like, you know, to yeah. see if I can take photos. And then the minute I got my green card, I'm like, yes. I'm just gonna see like because it is like fun to see like at the beginning I wasn't even sending my photos to the musicians like it was all for me but it is fun to I see never knew that. Huh? I never knew that what like what you just said I never knew like you were like you were like the like the you didn't want to break the rules ever. To, in my head you're like the ultimate rule breaker I just no but it is like it is not that uh, like it is not the uh, uh, it's <laughs> I'm not the ultimate rule breaker, let's get that sort of <laughs> But it is like, I'm talking about like things, uh, like I wouldn't, if somebody tells me not to take photos at a show, I'm not gonna try to sneak around and take photos. Yeah, I know what like, you mean. I, I mean, like that makes me very, un the reason why is uh, not because like, oh, I should obey their rules, but it is because like, it's gonna make me stressed out and I don't wanna stressed out, be stressed out doing something I like. Yeah. I wanna do it and enjoy doing it, not yeah. like, oh, am I gonna get yelled at or whatever, you know? No, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, in, in lieu of what you were saying just now, because 
after I asked you that question, what was really interesting was like I had a bit of reaction in my head because like to be honest, I quite literally can't picture you doing anything else. But doing oh, this. like photos? Yeah, yeah, with photos and like the way you do them. Like I can't. I mean, like yeah, like you know, sometimes when um, people interview bands and they ask like, if you weren't in a band, what else would you be doing? Yeah. I can't even imagine somebody asking you that because I can't imagine what else, you. I can't imagine you doing something. Well, else. I I did so many other things though. <laughs> so, but I don't wanna, like yeah. I mean, I I did like so many different stuff, but. Um, Wait, I was saying something else. What was I saying? Oh, oh, I was saying, uh, like, when I got my green card, I was saying, like, I decided to email editors yeah. to see, like, if I can shoot for people. But I never thought it as, like, oh, I'm going to make this my career. But it was more like, hey, I want to do this so I can get, like, better access to better yeah. shows or better, you know, musicians. Not better... Yeah, I guess better, I could say. Do you feel like after you started doing that, the approach you had towards shooting changed a little bit? No, no, not at all. It's just like, it's the same thing. But the reason, like, for example, um, the reason why I approach, like, a publication like Pitchfork instead of, like, I don't want to say anyone else's because... <laughs> say anyone not Pitchfork. Anyone, uh, well, I should say more traditional music magazines, yes. let's say. Uh, just because I don't want to piss anyone off. But, <laughs> uh, because like for, the, like for the type of the photos that I make, they're not like necessarily like, oh, the perfectly exposed photo, or it is like, it's perfectly in focus, or it's perfectly composed. Like, it's not like that, but it is more like, not lots of mistake but let's say lots of human element in it like kind of like it could be like blurry or it could be out of focus or it could be like cropped in a way that doesn't really matter as long as it's something good I've never asked you this and I've, I've literally wondered this probably since the day we met after seeing your yeah. photos but like where does that come from for you in regards to like allowing those human mistakes because you know that for a lot of other photographers a lot of people even know if there's mistakes if there's human mistakes showing up in their work they'll like freak out or like they'll do everything they can to remove it but you relish in that where do you feel like that comes from for you but like i don't like i think like i always think like you know you go into a photo pit with like 10 different photographers and then you came out and then all your photos are different but i think it is because like everyone's eye is different mm -hmm. and probably like the editing process is different editing is in like selecting the photos mm -hmm. probably we all have like the same shots maybe but you pick something that i wouldn't pick and i pick something you wouldn't pick and that's like how everyone's style comes and i like to like i like to like i don't know i like i like motion blur i like film grain I like dust I like I don't know like I like those things that makes it like more human than like crystal clear perfectly exposed photos like I was I like I really like blown out parts like during live shows like like I kind of I don't know I like it you bring it into your portraits too like one portraits some portraits that specifically stick out in my head and I saw these recently too so that's probably what's in my head but I love it so much the uh Portraits with Marissa Nad Nadler? Or not? Nadler. Nadler. That was close. But uh, <laughs> there's like some shots you put up where it's like pretty gray. It's black and white, but it's like there's 
it's like motion like this. I love how I'm making a motion on a podcast and no one can see what I'm doing, but it's like, there's motion within a step. Like she looks stood, but there's motion. And like, I love that you would add that into a shot it, like that. But yeah, see, like that's like a long exposure. It is not like edited in the, you know, editing yeah. process. So, like, well, I try to get everything in my head in the camera and I try not to use Photoshop. So that brings the, I think, human element. Like, I'm like, oh, I want to make like a, person that looks like you know she's moving or ghostly or whatever so I try to do that like in the camera which makes it impossible to get it twice like you know if like for example if somebody put that as an inspiration for their own shoot there's no way I'm gonna get the same thing yeah not only because they're not Marissa but they're also like I mean I don't know there are like so many elements that makes that photo that photo now tell me this though just to go a little deeper is that because we were saying before how some people would find these to be mistakes or some people would find them to be imperfect yeah. but are those words you even transcribe to? like when people think something do you think the word imperfect even matters? no that I, I think the, like I mean nobody is perfect so I think the photos being imperfect is makes so much sense because we are all human yeah but so. you know a lot of people try to make perfection happen yeah I, I mean like I to be honest like I don't even like retouch people as much as I think I should or <laughs> I mean I, I don't know like it's just like I like it like you know I, I, I don't know everyone is like obsessed with certain elements like you know I don't like it when skin is like too perfect like yeah. blurred out completely it's like, the worst yeah, yeah like, I like, like I like people's like texture on their face or like if there's like they have like I don't know poofy hair like I like that like I don't know I, I think it looks more natural than like I, I mean then there are like some shots that you need to make like when there's like a hairstylist involved then yeah. you get the like better tamed I should say no I kind of know what you mean because I personally like I retouch but not as much as I probably should either but like that brings me to something I and I had this experience and I've never shared this with you but I think your reactions could be really funny I remember I won't say the company name because I'm trying to be very politically correct but as a retouch a firm that does like retouching for imagery and I've done work with them before and I remember like within my first week of working for them they sent me like uh, photos from like some bikini shoot to retouch. Some people listening could probably guess where this is going already. But they gave me notes on how to retouch, like what they wanted to be retouched. And it was like a woman who must have been like 80 or 90 pounds. But they were saying like, yeah, I want you to like reduce her um, her side, like the size of her chest. And I want you to reduce her nose and her ears. And I just remember looking like, she wouldn't even look like a like like, like, like alien <laughs> from a different world. Yeah, yeah it it's is just, like, but that's what to some people that's what's normal. I think what's great about your work is that when I look at your photos, I feel like I'm looking at real people. And that's that's a super nice compliment. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> but I I was gonna say one thing too. Like it also depends on like project to project because like some of the stuff like they want more polished look, which like you know it's cool and it's not as if like it cannot be done but I think it's just like you know with Mar that Marissa shot that you were mentioning I think that just works with like her music and all that and the funny thing is like uh, it's been a while since we did that shoot but she randomly picked that photo to post recently that's how it got honored in a way yeah. so it was like and it was I'm not gonna say an outtake but kind of an outtake but yeah. that's I amazing think, yeah and I noticed that with you and like 
like when it comes to photography musicians specifically like because you've talked before about looking into like you know past photos and looking at stuff they've done but how important is it for you to listen to their music oh well? so important that's like the most important thing because i mean like you can't make photos of like, let's say just because we're talking about Marissa Adler i'm just gonna continue with her <laughs> yes but like i mean if you listen to her music you're not gonna make any photos that's like you know bubblegum me like you know she, her music is like so dark and moody and like they're like her lyrics are like poetry and like there are all these like elements to it and if you don't know her music how are you gonna tell her like you know picture oh you know this is how i would want to photograph you and tell her like ideas like you just that's like the music is like 90 percent of like the inspiration behind the photos or like i mean if you're doing a music video a place to for a place to birth strangers for example or one of the best the, fans ever yeah i i love them to that um like if you're doing anything any work with them you know that it's not gonna be like a clean looking photo or video or like it's just gonna be like greedy and dark and like their music or like you know yeah so uh, music, their, people's music is so important. Yeah. Or you're not gonna go and take photos of Taylor Swift like the way I did. <laughs> that you do anything. Another <laughs> a place to where strangers. It's funny. Like there, there was another interview. I said Taylor Swift too. I think I don't know anyone else that's like that. So that's why I keep bringing her up. Everybody's gonna think I have like something against her, which I don't at all. No, but she is the epitome of just like. And this isn't a slight against her, but when we talk about that aspect of commercial perfection, yeah, yeah, cleanness, exactly. That's yeah. That's the that's how high as it goes. Yeah. Tell me this, like when it came, because I'm really fascinated to go into this a little bit deeper in regards to portraits. When you were talking about like consciously trying to do portraits more, do you remember what those first couple shoots were like? I mean, it was probably a while back. Yeah. Uh, well, the I, I'll tell you like the first one. I mean, not like a, it wasn't like a conscious thing. Well, it's just because I was like with the live photos, I was getting like tired of the live photos just because like, you know, the pits were so crowded and like, you don't get to shoot the bands that you want as much and all that. Like, so that's why like I, I was trying to gear myself out of that and I didn't want to be known as only like the oh she like she shoots concerts on it. Yeah, I totally and, get that. And the, you know that was kind of like a thing because I I think shooting concert is great because it is like for people like me who are shy to approach to people it is kind of like a gateway to making portraits like it's just uh, like it just makes it easier. Uh, so. Like when I first started making portraits, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ask someone that I know but not very uh, close with. Mm-hmm. And it was Shilpa, Shilpa Ray, and I asked her, oh, you know, let's make photos. And she said, cool. And it was at my home, like we just put a backdrop and yeah. I had like one of those Home Depot lights, the work lights. Mm-hmm. So we did photos with that. And now that I'm thinking about it, probably she told that I'm like, oh, she's like the most professional person ever not only she invited me to her home but it is like a though like I use those lights for so long and I kind of still sometimes do like not to put it down or anything yeah of course but that was like then she used those photos for her press 
and then like she asked me to do her press photos so that was kind of like the beginning of like me doing press photos and album artwork yeah. wait i didn't even answer your question, was that <laughs> question? no you said like what was the first well it was saying like what were the first couple portrait shoots for mm. you like or like when you decided to do portraits more. yeah but that's a good story like yeah. that goes into that yeah, that's like... I love her. Yeah, I, lo I love her. Like, I love her music. I love her as a person. Yeah. And I think, like, she and I have a similar visual aesthetic. Like, yeah. so we work well together. Yeah. You know, something I've never... I've been saying this a lot throughout this talk, but it's true. There's just so much I've never had a chance to ask you. Like, because last time I think we talked in depth was specifically about the book. The oh, book yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's a... I mean, for people who aren't familiar, like you did a book about um, uh, Death by Death Audio, wow, I lost that first year. Death by Audio closing down. I'm glad I'm like not the only one that's, whose brain goes blank. Oh yeah, well I mean, we're human. That's the best thing about podcasts, it highlights how human we are. But you did a book, a photo book about the last couple of days of Death by Audio. Uh, lost group. 75, couple. Couple, fair, last 75. Was it 75? Yeah, last 75. Jesus fucking Christ, I didn't Yeah, it was like a month and a half. That's mental. And you yeah. really did, like, I mean, what I love so much about this book, and I never had a chance to tell you this, is that, like, when I look into that book from time to time, it's, it was only a couple of years ago, like three years ago. We three, yeah, today is like the... The third day, the third anniversary. Year. But what blows me away about that book is that even though it was three years ago, it feels like such a different, a specific and different place in time. Yeah. Like, it feels like you really did capture that. Yeah, I think it is a, I mean, I think that by audio was really important for me in many ways and I, to me it represented a certain time in my life too, not only in theirs, like, you know, it was, an, it was like the beginning of my being into music, photography and all that. Like, I mean, A Place to Birth Strangers was the first band, I, first local band I ever photographed and then like, religiously followed them like I was at their show every single show that they played ever since I you know find them out they're such an unbelievable band yeah they're like amazing line I'm telling you you missed out so bad on that video shoot you know I knew you were gonna bring this up again I had a cold I had a cold <laughs> woman I knew you were gonna do this to me yeah I'm not gonna lie I mean I did have a cold but it was in fairness it was at the tail end I probably could have made it but I felt like shit but around that time when the book came out, I remember we talked about a couple things, and there was something we talked about very briefly, but we didn't go into much, and I'd love to talk about it now, about, I remember at some point, you went back to Turkey to do photos for a specific project. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what to, can you talk about that a bit? Because I remember, I want to know more about that. That's very interesting. Well, you know, the, um, wait, like, now, like, I got confused. <laughs> One second, because I was like so ready to talk about that by audio, so I'm like... I know, I kind of shifted the gears a bit. No, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, like I said, like when I was in Turkey, like I was like, I wasn't into any Turkish bands. Mm -hmm. uh, just because, first of all, there weren't many, but there were some and, you know, it wasn't cool to like them. Like literally, it wasn't just cool to like Turkish music and... They thought that you're like kind of tacky if you're into it, like, you know, if you're cool, you like, you know, American bands and European bands and not Turkish bands. Yeah. So when I moved here, like, you know, when I moved here, like I started meeting a lot of Turkish, uh, a lot of musicians and everyone was asking me about, oh, you know, do you know Erkin Koray? Do you know Sardar Bajan? Who are like, you know, 
kind of famous, like, I mean, famous, not kind of, famous Turkish musicians. And I felt so bad, like, so guilty. And, like, I literally, like, people asking me was like made me so conscious that I don't know enough about them so I went back to listen to them and like learn a little bit more about them just so like you know when someone asks you you can actually answer and don't look like an idiot in front of them so that was like my whole purpose and that's a good mission statement yeah like it's like it's it's just so weird it is like you know they're asking you oh what is the capital city of turkey and you're like oh i don't know like you know it's just like you're from there and you cannot really like you should know your own culture and your own musicians so when i started uh listening to the music i'm like oh wow like i can totally see what you know other musicians find in this music because like you know when you just actually put your head into it, you see how influential it is and how important it is for those musicians to create that music during that time in Turkey. So, like, so this was the situation. So I felt like so embarrassed that, like, at the time, like, I didn't pay enough attention. So I'm like, oh, like, how could I make up to make up for this? And I'm like, well, you know, I can try to bring some attention to it and was the best outlet for it of course like pitchfork was the only place that i thought of because not only because they have a really wide uh, audience but also because you know i mean rolling stone is never gonna run any article about turkish musicians like you know so it is like it it was kind of a uh, one option anyways and they were into it so i went back to turkey i made that this intense list of all the musicians out there and from even like from 60s uh, the people who are alive up till the, to the date and I picked like 20 musicians to interview and do like a photo essay with so I went to Turkey for like I think it was like 10 days or 50, like not two weeks a little less than two weeks so I met up with like 20 different musicians and I took their photos I asked them to take me like just because I don't know Istanbul as well as they do so uh, I asked them to take me somewhere that they feel comfortable at so we did the photos there and we just like chatted a little bit and I tried to get like one or two quotes from each band and I made a whole piece that was actually the first time I ever first and last well I guess the dead by audio is the second time the first time I ever written something so that was what was that, that like? Like, that's uh, amazing. It's, no, I mean, that's but it is like, it's so difficult. It is like, you know, with photos, yeah. you're like, that's what it is. You're taking photos yeah. of, but like, with writing part, because first time around, I picked all these codes and I thought like, at the end, when you read it, it sounded like so grim and like depressing and all that, but it wasn't actually reflecting the vibe that I got from them, but I was just like picking stuff that fits kind of my head or something kind of like or, the interpretation yeah yeah, kind, yeah yeah you can say interpretation but then like overall when you see like if you're putting in like one negative quote yeah or two that's fine but if you're picking all 20 uh, negative things then the whole piece turns into saying oh like all the tur turkish musicians hate life there and like whatever but it wasn't the case so i realized how important it is for writers 
to be able to differentiate because you know you're taking their quote out of context of what they're saying and you're just like representing them with one sentence yeah so you just have to make sure to you know you have you just have to make sure to represent them correctly and that's what I went back and did. What was it like for you to experience that, though? Because, I mean, you got to go I to I felt your... so guilty. Like, I felt so no, bad. No, not the writing part. I mean, uh, just going there and doing the work in general. Oh, I loved it. do this. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I loved it so much. And I actually wanted to do, like, different series, like, with different countries that are not, like, necessarily in the radar of people. Because they're, like, so... Like, I mean, for, like, this piece... I think some of the people right now are getting a little bit international attention, but like most of the music that's made in Turkey kind of stays in Turkey. Like it just doesn't have room to go out or yeah. doesn't have the doesn't have the opportunities to do that. So, but there's almost a beauty in that because yeah. there's something about that where it just kind of like. Um, but well, it would look romantic from outside, but ask about that to them. That's true. That's true. But I guess what I was going to say is that I guess it just makes the more, it makes the communal aspect amongst those musicians just so much more um, uh, like relevant to them and so much more overt. Like it must feel a lot more uh, close to them, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like, I mean, just spending time with them, like, and hearing them speak about like the difficulties of like making music or like difficulties of like touring or like I, I mean like the fact that touring doesn't exist in Turkey because there are only like a couple of uh, cities that they can go to and you know that like that made me feel for them and relate to them just because like I know exactly what they mean like knowing like musicians here like you know that's the other thing like in Turkey like every single musician is like a college graduate because there's there there's there's no concept like oh dropping out uh, during high school to become a musician like that concept doesn't exist in Turkey wow so I mean we've talked a lot and I think what's clear yeah. to anyone who's listened is you've lived a life <laughs> like you've lived one hell of a life dude and I think what's incredible is that like before, like before we like cap it off on an end, I mean, like you lived a kick-ass life. But tell me this, like it's true though, it's true. I'm trying to be all modest, but it's true. But tell me, like, what do you think, like, the Abru of like a couple years ago, the Abru that first moved here, like all those years ago? What do you think she would think about you today? Yeah, yeah probably she wouldn't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, it is like, it is insane to be able to make a living from photography. I'm not gonna say like, oh, it is like I'm so super comfortable or anything like that. But like, I, I never dreamt the fact that like, you can actually make money from taking photos because it's so fun. You would think that you shouldn't be making any money. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like sometimes when I've been with bands or when I've been doing portraits or anything like that I, I have had moments where I'm having so much fun that the idea that someone's paying me to do this I'm like that's crazy yeah that's like <laughs> wait a minute what's going on are here? these yeah. people dumb <laughs> yeah but there's always like that thing I'm like you know you, you would think that oh I'm getting hired for this job can I actually really do this like you know I feel that way all the time yeah like it's just really like me why me like you know it's just I think but I, I think that's good like you know 
instead of like feeling all cocky and like oh I got this and like being on your toes all the time I think would make people be better at what they do because you need to be like you know you're not taking it for granted you're not like too sure of yourself in a like I'm not saying that oh be completely insecure but I think it is so there's something good about knowing that like you can do better like whatever it is you've been doing you yeah. could do better like which is true for every single photographer yeah or like any artist like I love that you said that so much because there's times where I wonder if I like still want to do it but the biggest thing for me that keeps me doing it and keeps me wanting to do it more and differently is that I always find myself thinking I could do better yeah like one of the best things one of my professors in college uh, said one of my professors in college said it's funny because I barely remember college but he said that um, whenever Even though it was yesterday you love doing that <laughs> for people listening who are confused Amber likes to make it seem like I'm 13 years old all the time she just loves making me think I'm a little 12 year old who doesn't pay taxes or anything like that thank you but I uh, know one of my professors in school said uh Whenever you have those moments that you feel like you worked very hard, you should look in yourself and realize you didn't work as hard as you thought you did. Yeah. I mean, you can always a good work thing better. To say. Yeah, I remember you said that when I was like 19. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, no, that's that sounds uh, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I think it is like I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not too fond of people who are like who look too sure. I mean, how could you be that sure of yourself? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just not that like human in regards yeah, to what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I, I think there's room for improvement. And if you don't think that you don't have any more room to grow, then that must be like a weird feeling. Some, wait, what was it like? Uh, I'm trying to remember. We were recently talking about, it was actually like a tattoo artist, I think. Yeah. Oh, they, they were saying that, oh, the reason like people don't respond to emails is like never got back to I can't remember I'm, I'm not gonna mess it up even more but the whole idea was like to stay hungry like if you don't stay hungry like you know I don't think you'll do good job like if you're like too oh I'm like too good for that job or whatever like I think I think nobody's too good for any job yeah I agree with that Uber, thanks for chatting with me <laughs> no thank you